Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 62, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. Santos. What do you say? Long, what do you say? Long time. I know, man. That was a stretch there. That was yeah. too long. Tell tell the viewers uh, what, what's been going on in the intervening uh, viewers. Tell the listeners what's been going on in the intervening time here. Let's see. It's a lot of child rearing, raising that baby. Um, there's a lot of a lot of grilling, a lot of outdoor cooking. Yeah. A lot of yeah. A lot of um What about the what's going on with your what's the state of your organs? Oh yeah. <sighs> yep, had um had the uh gallbladder removed. I can't say I recommend that to anybody. Yeah. Really so now, anything. What what does your gallbladder actually do for you? It stores bile that your liver produces and it introduces it into your digestive system as needed pretty much when you eat something fatty bile um, breaks down fat so do you have like new dietary marching orders here well yeah i mean there's shit you're supposed to do but it's all pretty loosey-goosey and um for the most part they say like after a month you'll get it figured out i'll tell you what though it's been no walk in the park it's a uh, really I just in trying to figure out like what you can you know eat and what you can't it's you know it you it may be a run for the border at any at any given time oh really oh, oh yeah so you've noticed you your stomach processes things differently yeah oh yeah and sometimes not at all like you'll just eat and it's like literally shit through a goose like you're just wow yeah, so I, I got to figure that situation out. Um, so, so have have you noticed if you if you avoid rich fatty foods, like are you good to go? Like, are you going to become vegan here? Or what's it's a good on? question. I, I've yet to avoid those things. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I I told someone like a mutual friend who knows you that um, you were getting your gallbladder out, and I was like, I don't know what that does, and they were like, I'm pretty sure it helps you like digest rich fatty foods and i was like oh that's gonna be tough for santos (laughs) that's not good that's not good yeah yeah it's not good especially since i was onto something with with all the uh low carb high fat that was my jam and uh right i don't know we'll see we'll see how that goes now i you know it, it i think you know some people they turn around it doesn't turn into anything it's nothing you know what i mean you're fine right it's like nothing ever happened, but who knows? It'll be, it'll be, um, it'll be Can fucking you? fine. But yeah, man, um, you know, other than that, like going under, I, I gave the, um, I gave the anesthesiologist what for before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody's, nobody's going to die from getting their gallbladder out. They're going to die because dudes on playing fucking Bejeweled or some shit on his phone while he's got a mask over my fucking mouth. You know what right. I mean? And he's fucking trying to candy crush his shit or something. And, right. And, oh, what, shit. Uh, balls. Uh, lost one. Fuck. <laughs> That's a shit, shit way to start the month. Like, right. they, they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? That's not... That's- that's why those guys get paid fat, fat dollars. Stacks. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. their career might be short-lived. Y- yeah, exactly. So that's not a bad way to go, huh, kids? If you're listening, maybe just yeah. go anesthesiologist. You got like three fuck-ups and then you're out. But just make sure you do them, you know, <laughs> give yourself a couple years in between them so you get a good 10-year run. Sock that dough away. Yeah. When Nicole was having Helen... They gave her like a, some sort of medication that's sl- like she had a really bad reaction to, it and her heart slowed down. Her heart was like only beating every third beat. Get the fuck out of here! And I was in there, and we had a doula actually, um, and the doula was the only one. Nicole and I were kind of oblivious. Nicole just started f- saying like, "Feels like there's someone's like pressing down on my chest. Like there's a really heavy weight on her chest." And the reason why she felt like that is because her like. 
she wasn't getting enough oxygen and blood wasn't beating properly through her flowing through her body. And that anesthesiologist like snapped too, man. He had it like fixed in 20 seconds. Really? Yeah. But it took so the like fucking, it get, took the hip it took the doula to snap his No, the doula didn't say anything. Oh. No, she she didn't say anything. She just knew what was she knew what was going on and how serious it was. Nicole and I never even realized how serious it was. Yeah. He, he, this guy just like as soon as Nicole said something, he just jumped on it and 15 seconds later he's like, "How, how does that feel?" And she's like, "That's better." Really? And then a- afterwards he wrote down the name of the drug and he said, "I'm going to put this in your file, but just so you know, make sure no one ever gives you this again." Uh-huh. Jesus. So No shit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that was that's scary. Um, the anesthesia is just scary in general. I've never I've never had surgery before. That's the first time I've ever. Oh, really? Had, yeah, no, I've wow. never had anything. Lucky, you know. Um, I had uh, when I was a kid, I was like started feeling like this massive pain down down under down where the boys are, you know. Oh my! And God. You had a I was in like hernia when you were a kid. I was in fourth grade and I had a hernia. And what happened was. Um, when they tied off my umbilical cord, the guy didn't do it right. And it kept growing and it kept growing and it basically started pushing like other stuff around. And I got like a, I got a hernia from, but it was in like fourth grade and I had to come home and like show my mom, like, I mean, I could barely make it the like 200 yards home from the bus stop to my house. It was in so much agony. You are trying to like walk up the hill to get home. With this like gigantic inflated ball, it was and, like, it was your ball. Uh, it was a ball. Yeah, it was one inf- side, one ball. It was one side. It had pushed like oh, all the Jesus stuff around in one side, and it was like incredibly painful. And I had to like, as an awkward like hey, ten mom, year old or whatever, check out come in and be nut. like, yeah, check out this. And she was like, oh god, <laughs> like <laughs> packed me up in the car, <laughs> took me to the the hospital, and they were like, oh yeah, you need to come back tomorrow, and we're gonna get you surgery for this. And at the time in, like, fourth or fifth, I think it was fifth grade, actually. In fifth grade, like, people thought when you got a hernia, like, that kids didn't understand. They thought you, like, actually broke your test, like, broke your balls. You broke or a like ball. Broke, yeah. broke your dick or something. Literally yeah. broke your Yeah, like, literally broke it. So, and it was, like, a big joke. So I had to, like, ask my mom, who then asked my fifth grade teacher to, like, not say that I had a hernia. Fucking hernia, yeah, no. But, that so... I went under under the knife fairly fairly early, but I never react well to any of those like downer drugs, any of that anesthesia, any of those painkillers. Always yeah. get really sick; it always messes me up. So, oh yeah, that was my only complaint. Is I really they they're so fucking skittish now with the painkillers that these motherfuckers they don't give you anything. You know, I'm pushing really? hard. Oh yeah, I drove hard to the hoop for the Percocet <laughs> for the fucking whatever. You know, I'm gonna get yeah. whatever. I'm gonna get the strongest any goddamn thing I can get. And they don't, it, it, like, the ship has sailed on that party. Did, did you just have to tell them you were Portuguese? I told, I tried everything, the, yeah. I was God, like, God's warriors, God's chosen people yeah, need dude, the fucking strong drugs. Exactly. Like, come on, man. Look at, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, like, I need these fucking pills. I'm not gonna live in fucking pain. I have a th- I have a drug threshold much higher than than most humans. Let's just acknowledge that now and and get our script right out of the gate. <laughs> That's right. But these fuckers don't play anymore. They give it and and it just they get to the point. They're like, "That's it. You're do- like you get yeah. You're not gonna get enough you to get, even you get fucking- two cases of truly. Two cases of truly. Call me in the morning. <laughs> You're right." <laughs> There she is right there. Nice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm rocking right ruby red or whatever the fuck, blood orange. Um, and I did, honestly, I told him. I was like, you know what? Um, I'm. You gave me some bullshit like Tylenol 3s. I'm like, I'm drinking. If that, yeah. if whatever that does to yeah. your ma- equation, I'm just drinking a bunch of vodka. And that's how I'm, <laughs> that's my pain management plan on this end. And he's like, right. he's like, well, that doesn't sound too good. I'm like, well, yeah. And guess who's the guy who could fucking change that? You're you're the one, Doc. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm like, well, you, why don't you Let's give me something else? Here. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> he was just straight up. He's like, nope. He's like, no. 
we don't, he's like, it just doesn't happen anymore. We don't, like. It's because of the fucking opioid epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to have that shit on their fucking plate. He gave me Celebrex, which Celebrex, um, the only thing that's good for is if you take that right before you go to bed when you're shit hammered, um, you wake up with no hangover. Um, nice. It's pretty awesome, yeah. Um, so I save those just like every other goddamn drug. I don't, you know, I don't take it as directed. I take it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know what I, I know what I'm dealing with here. I just want to get as many yeah. as I can and stick them, <clears throat> stick them in the fucking, in, in, in the cabinet. Save them. Right but, on. Yeah, man, I'm fucking ready to roll. I, you know, we'll figure out what I have to eat. You know, it'd be a bummer if I just got to switch to like a, I don't know. Some kind of rabbit. Really, what I want, I think the same thing everybody wants. Is I just want to be told what to eat. Here's here's what you here's what you eat. My Beth always feels bad for the dog. She's like, oh, he's always he's starving. He's hungry. He's looking. I'm like, this fucker doesn't have to think about anything. No. I control what he eats. Yeah, and that's it. He's done. One hundred percent complete and balanced. That's right. And I, yeah. you know, I wish somebody would just fucking here you go, just Brad Pitt my ass, fucking here's you're eating this or Tom Brady my shit, yeah. whatever the fuck it is, you know. I'm in L.A. There's got to be somebody's got to be able to do that shit for me. Oh, I, for sure. There's got to be a meal delivery service that does that for you. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I got to cook for all these other motherfuckers too. It, you know, yeah. which is like it's cooking for. I, I try to cook like I'm cooking for normal humans. And I'm cooking for a four-year-old who has the palate of a regular four-year-old. You know what I mean? He'll eat yep. he'll eat mac and cheese every night if you let him. Yeah, um, he likes white food. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, he'll eat. He's pretty good. Um, but you know, given no barriers, he's going straight for the garbage. And then Beth eats fucking nothing. She eats donuts and diet cokes. So what do you ma- what do you make somebody like that right. for dinner? Like, I'd made her fucking hot dogs and hamburgers for dinner tonight, and she st- wasn't even eating that. So, I don't know. I may stop feeding these people altogether. Everybody's just going to... I'm going to give everybody a credit card, just a debit card here. <laughs> it's it's going to be like a cafeteria, just here. Order out, just for Jack, too. He can just fucking order what he wants. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. So you just, what you need is you need, like, a really nice organic meal service for you, and then you just need to go to Trader Joe's for them. Totally. Exactly. Trader Joe's and Costco. Yep. You're set. Here, microwave this shit. You'll love it. And Fucking heat. Give Jack part of your food. You know, every once in a while, have him try whatever you're eating, and you're good. Yeah, I know. It's pearls before swine. No doubt. Yeah. All right, so real quick on this end. Here, here's what we got going on. Yeah. So uh, my daughters, Helen and Vivian, who are 10 and 7, who you know well, uh, for the last two and a half months have been planning a homemade carnival for the entire neighborhood. No. And it happened tonight. You kidding? From 5.30 to 9 in our backyard. Dude. They they made up all these games. There was face painting. There was a haunted house. There was food. We fed the neighborhood. Like, every kid within an eight-block radius came. You're shitting me. 40 kids in our backyard playing these games. They raised two hundred and fifty dollars for charity. They're going to a, um, a legal defense fund of uh, that helps immigrants at the border, dude. Um, so, and then they just had a blast. Oh so, my god, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, that I man, is so a, cool. They had a homemade beanbag toss game. I man that. That was that was popular with the kids. You ran oh, and the other cornhole. Thing is, you ran the cornhole. I, I ran the cor- cornhole, but the other thing is, so um, what you would do is you'd buy tickets, just like at every other carnival that tries to suck as much money out of you as possible. Yeah. And you would, you could win at each game, you won a certain number of punches on a card, and then you could redeem those punches for prizes. So the girls have been going around for the last month to thrift stores and buying up all the really cool toys. No. And they had shelves of toys at different point levels that they had like cleaned and found and bought from these thrift stores. With their money to like, I mean, you would not believe there were kids walking out with boxes of prizes. 
<laughs> from this thing. I was seriously like, there was this little girl from next door who got a gigantic stuffed Hello Kitty and like another toy. And this girl like had this look of like she died and gone to heaven. It was like the carnival of her dreams, you know, because usually when you go to a carnival, it's a complete ripoff, right? Oh, you get like, you see the, the giant. You see the giant Hello Kitty, and in order to get that Hello Kitty, your parent would have to spend seventeen hundred dollars. Exactly. You know, this girl yeah. walked walked across the street, had a hot dog and popcorn. Oh, he had a popcorn machine too. Had a hot dog and popcorn. Played games like ran through a sprinkler and like got a gigantic Hello Kitty and like went home and was like loving life. Oh, so dude, yeah, America, home of the free. So, and we didn't help at all. We just I t- was telling Nicole. This is their thing. Like, we need to let them, if it, this, like, whole point system, if it doesn't work or it turns into a hot mess or this whole thing with these prizes, if it just turns into a bunch of kids, like, wanting to murder each other over one prize, like, <laughs> let's let them deal with it because it's, like, yeah, the it's the experience of running a business, right? It, yeah. Like, you organize this event. I mean, you know this better than most people as, a, as someone who produces content and events and software and whatever for in real life. When shit turns into a mess, you need to know how to deal with it. Yeah. And that's a skill that you learn over time. And only by fucking up. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, like, let's just let them. But the thing is, it ran really smooth. Everyone had an (laughs) awesome time. So, I mean, I think there was, like, some lessons to be learned. I'll just sit down with the girls, like, tomorrow or the next day and just be like, how how do you think it went? What would you change? Because they're going to do it again next year for sure. Because it was a massive hit. Massive. 40 kids. 40 kids, yeah. Jesus. And His neighborhood, for all the listeners, he, Eric lives in America. Like, fucking America. Like, you know, houses, pe- nice neighbors, people are, you know, like, it's it's America. It's fucking awesome. It's a it's an awesome neighborhood. Yeah, so, so that's going on. The other thing that's happening that I'm really excited about on this end is I finally, last night, at about... 10 o'clock, I got an email from Tesla to configure and order my Model 3. So I, I got it ordered. I felt like, it's weird because I felt like I won the lottery, but all really I won was the opportunity to give them a lot of money. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like kind of the opposite of the winning the lottery. But um, So I'm really excited because it's been two years and a couple months since I initially put down a deposit on this thing. So it's going to come, um, they're saying my delivery window is August to September. So wow, that's pretty I did, quick. It's pretty quick, yeah. Um, I did get the opportunity. They There are people who have just the rear-wheel drive version. I held out for the dual-motor all-wheel drive version, which yeah. is why it took took longer. So that's what I ordered. Uh, I rented the rear-wheel drive version from someone here in town for a day through Turo uh, and drove it around, test drove it got to make sure like yep this is what i want and it was awesome i i got a little little spoiled driving that thing around for 24 hours now i have a, I had a hard time going back to my regular daily driver cuz you can afterwards. get after you can get after it on that motherfucker you can get after it yeah it's pretty yeah. fast and the one i'm getting is going to be considerably faster than by about half a second to a full second 0 to 60 than the one that i drove oh you're so. kidding i got to nope. get ba- i got to get back there and drive that fucking thing yeah, come on, come on out. Shit, all wheel drive, two two motors. Is that what you said? Two motors. Two motors. Yeah, one motor driving each each set of wheels. So that's something. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I'm I'm super excited. It's gonna be awesome. Well, that's so. killer. That's killer. Is that is that thing gonna just spend half the time in the shop? No, no, they're, they're no Teslas are actually. I mean, because think about it, you don't have. You don't have a gas tank, so no fuel injectors. You don't have oil. You know, you don't have a whole bunch it's of the so shit that more, constantly yeah. breaks on other car, cars. So, I mean, there are people – I follow YouTube bloggers who have driven Model S's to, like, 180,000 miles and had, like, minimal repairs on them. So, Oh, cool. I mean, it, the, the thing – and you and I talked about this briefly, I think, but people are dying to poke holes in Tesla. And, oh, my god! I mean, yeah. everybody's dying to poke a hole in it and – um, and one of the things was, was that the other thing was, um, I remember some, um, like car review organization, whatever the fuck they are, they pull cars apart bolt by bolt and they look at the whole thing yep. 
so you know about this. And they were like, yeah. there's a bunch of shit on here that doesn't need to be here. It's too heavy. They're overbuilt in places. And it's like, well, fucking whatever, dude. How was your first car? The first time you built one. Right. Well, that was also contradicted by a, or another organization in Germany that does that for a living and basically sells it to all the competitive. For $75,000, they sell their full report. And they basically said, this thing can be made for, you know, I forget what it was. I think they said $23,000. Oh, so or eighteen so or something totally like that. Sustainable. So there's, yeah, there's totally sustainable. They're gonna make a profit on it, and all those naysayers also said they couldn't. There's no way that they would make thirty five hundred cars a week. They already made that. And now they're making five thousand a week sustainably. Right. So, all those people are eating crow right now. Yeah, all those short sellers that are losing billions. So, whatever. Love it. All right, let's talk about some movies, some TV, and some books and some food. Fucking a, let's talk about all that shit. Um, I went to the movies yesterday, and I sat down in the the big goddamn electric fucking uh, Lazy Boy. Had somebody bring me a martini. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a living bag right there. of popcorn. Come on, at two o'clock in the afternoon, saw Incredibles two. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, fucking yeah. great. It was great. Yeah, I, I took the girls. We 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 went and saw it on Father's Day. So. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I don't. I didn't think it was like the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen, but I thought it was very solid. Yeah, which is a lot to say when you think about the original, you know, because yeah. The Incredibles is is amazing. That first yep. that first movie is unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I was psyched, and Jack was psyched. It was great. You know, he's finally at an age where cool. We can sit through the whole thing, and he doesn't bitch, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, so that was awesome. Um, I mean, I've seen a ton of other movies, but that in the theater—that's all I've seen really recently. Did you get a chance to watch um, Wind River? By the way. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, I thought that was really good, man. Um, yeah. So I for forget- people, yeah. I, uh, I stumbled across a list of movies um, from 2017, really great movies from 2017 that most people hadn't seen. And this movie, Wind River, was on there. This is a movie that's um, directed by a guy named Taylor Sheridan, who also did Hell in High Water. That's which, what if I you was... Haven't seen, yeah. If you haven't seen Hell in High Water, really good, really worth it's actually watching. Better he than, also, it's better than Wind River. Um, he also did Sicario. Which um, oh, all three of these movies sort of have a similar wow. kind of feel, similar sort of pacing. Um, huh. Two of them have like really strong female characters. Um, Hell and High Water is about bank robbery. There's also like a crime, you know, commonality to all of these things. So, yep. uh, Wind River stars uh, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen plays an FBI agent who's out of her element who's sent to um, this Indian reservation, Wind River, to investigate the uh, murder of... There's a young Native American woman who is found out in uh, out in the elements, out in the middle of nowhere, having like died. Six after, miles from the closest house. Yeah. Yep, and without any shoes or anything on. So, um, and... She's found by this guy who's sort of a works for I guess like the DNR or is like yeah. he, what he is is he's he's like a hunter tracker and he's responsible for like taking down wolves and coyotes and things that are like messing with people's farm animals and just present a danger to so he's this guy's like an expert tracker and he's the one who um, finds this girl first and it brings back all of he sort of has this internal conflict that's going on with something that happened with his own daughter where he lost his own daughter to violence um, in this community as well. So, and then, so what proceeds is, and I don't want to give too much away is the, the investigation, he and Elizabeth Olsen, which one of the things I actually appreciated about this movie was that, was that there was no love story between the two of them. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Which in like a, a lesser movie, the two, two of them would have hooked up, but yeah. yeah, this is a movie about like, this is a very bleak, <laughs> uh, very bleak, um, but very well done movie. Good action, 
good acting, good writing. Like, what would you say? A, a per- it's pretty contained. I mean, the same way that Hell and High Water is a pretty contained film as well. We're not talking about like heat here, where there's this big, yeah. lots of cast and big roving thing and big dramatic scenes. No, no. It, it's more of a contained, quiet movie to us. You know, a half dozen or so characters, but still really interesting, really well done. What What would you say to the criticism that? Because I'm I'm trying to to wrap my head around it as well. What would you say to the criticism that? That film um, was a sort of formula that you could pull out of the Native American backdrop and plug it into another, plug it into East L.A. and have it unfold there. And I guess another way of saying it is that was the Native American um, setting on a reservation slapped on there and... You know, and was easily interchanged with someplace else, or did it play a core part in the film? So, I mean, I could I could see how you could say that, and to a certain extent, you can say that about just about any story, you know. But I I do think as well, if you think about the point of setting it there, was to call attention to the fact that there's tons and tons of violence against Native American women that goes unaccounted for and unanswered all the time. And yeah, that's true to a certain extent of of female populate different female populations and demographics around the U.S. But I think it's especially true of and especially ignored in the Native American community. No question. They they even bust out the stat that <laughs> I think it was like, and it was shocking too. It was a jaw dropper where it was like the um, the statistics for missing Native American women are not in place because nobody knows because nobody's fucking keeping track. Like they're literally, they're literally not (laughs) keeping track of that statistic. Um, which, yeah. Um, and you know what? That's interesting to, to hear you say that you could kind of say that about any film. Right. And it's true. Right. Cause you look at, let's look at the departed for a minute. And, why i mean the departed could it's a mob film crime film that could be why does it have to be the irish mob in boston it could have just as easily have been a sopranos story in little italy or so yeah anyways i i appreciate it's not like the most socially justice oriented film ever in the history of cinema obviously like you said you know, the story, I, I think it is more impactful that it's set in that community, but it could have potentially obviously been set elsewhere. But all in all, I thought it was solid. I thought it was a lot better than a lot of the other stuff I saw in 2017, and I would recommend it to anyone. I, I, I won't argue that for a minute. And um, in fact, it, it makes you just start to wonder... Um, and this, I could be just belaying my own ignorance but like where are the rest of the films based in that world in the native american world and um i don't know yeah i i thought it was in and it didn't and i don't mean to i don't mean to say that it it was a bolt-on and that they were they were being it was exploitative in any fashion i just i just you know I mean, it wasn't written and directed by a Native American director. You can't say that. I don't give a shit about that. Like that, I don't think that's important. But I think um, it, it it just felt like a a classic. Um, it just felt like a cla- that that setup I've seen a hundred times, and it felt like its differentiating factor was its its place, its setting, and you know. Um, that's that's a whole that's a there's it gets a little thin there but here's the thing like it makes it that same thing it makes it super powerful because you see how under like it's it's kind of a view into this into this part of american culture that um you you're looking at it like it's just a, a just another movie but the fact is is like that's that's the reality of it though. You know, like that's how life is. And there's no, 
um, it's it's a it's a really secluded, strange part of American culture that nobody's talking about and nobody's making movies about anyway. You know, and I think under it's a underexposed um, part of part of our country. You know, at a time when you fucking want to hear about a real American for once. You know, yeah. So um, we've talked a lot about TV and movies recently, so I thought I would throw a, a good book pick out there um, that I've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, I, but this was a few books back. I've been reading a lot of stuff, as usual. But um, one thing that really stood out, there's a book called Senlin Ascends by this guy, Josiah Bancroft. It's a story about... Not quite sci-fi, not quite fantasy. So if if either of those things turn you off, like don't be afraid to go after this series. But it is set in sort of a fantastical world where the Tower of Babel is still not only exists but has become the center of the society. And this guy is a school teacher. He's a newlywed who gets married, and he's obsessed with the Tower of Babel, and he's always wanted to go there. So he saves up all his money, and he and his wife go there. His newly married wife go there on their honeymoon. Um, and one of the things that's interesting is each level of the tower, which goes up well beyond, no one can even see where it, where it ends. No one even knows at this point how high it goes. Each level has like a different society, societal structure, a different set of rules, a different vibe. And on arriving in the tower, this guy loses track of his wife in the first like half an hour that they're there, just completely lost. Oh God. His, his luggage is stolen. His wife is lost. And he's just like has hardly any money and he has to find his wife. And that's sort of like the inciting incident in the series. So he starts ascending the tower, trying to locate his wife. And he's always, he catches like her trail or like a story about her every here or there and what she was doing in these different parts of society. And um, it's the kind of thing. And there's also, this is not an infrequent thing. Like there's a wall at the base of the tower, but, that's just covered in notes of people who are looking to reconnect with one another. Cool. So you, so you start to get the sense of this guy's in way over his head. Right. This is a right. thing where each of these levels is like uh, the size of a massive city. And there's like stacks and stacks of levels of these different cities and societies. And he's trying to locate one person among millions where it's can be difficult to even travel from one level to the other. So it's the, Send Let Ascends is the first book. There's two already out. A third is about to come out. The second book is as good as the first. It's really, really amazing sort of like adventure fiction set in sort of this slightly fantastical world. But it's really amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, everyone should check it out. Super original. I can guarantee you haven't read anything quite like this. Check it out. Um, Senlin Ascends by Josiah Bancroft. Josiah Bancroft. Okay, cool. Good one. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not gonna. Um, I've read some garbage lately, but I don't. I. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not gonna muddy the waters here with any of the crap I've been reading. There's nothing. I've nothing to really add to the conversation in terms of books. What about? Um... Did you ever get your grilling backyard grilling situation straightened out? I know you were struggling for a while with the how to get wood into the charcoal and get a proper smoke yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. How's that going? So the pit barrel, um, I've kind of, the pit barrel cooker, I still am a fan. I think I don't have it figured out quite right yet. I think it has some limitations, but I'm also not doing it right. I, I, I can't, I, I, I'm not deep enough to give a full critique on that yet. I think um, the shit that I've been doing, I've been starting too late and I need to let, just in general, I need to shit, I need to let shit go longer on that thing. Yeah. I'm pulling shit too, too early on it from pork butts to fucking ribs to everything. I think I just need to leave it on fucking twice as long as I'm leaving it. So I've done, um, I did 15 pounds of pork shoulder and then I did uh, for Zeus Jones for the two year, anniversary of being in the office we did a blowout barbecue picnic that was unreal i saw ribs, some of that shit yeah ribs uh, true low turkey, rib situation wings jalapeno poppers i did um 
fifth, like th- ended up cooking down, obviously, but started at 15 and a half pounds. So like two massive trays of pulled pork turned out awesome. Trays. So the you key- hung them though, right? I hung them and then pulled it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so what happened, what I've been having a lot of success doing with is load the charcoal pan. Yeah. Pretty, pretty full. I start putting some charcoal and then I put big lumps, big like chunks, yeah. not like little chips, but like big chunks, Yeah. some big chunks and then some smaller chunks of apple wood. And I mix it all in with the charcoal. So put a little charcoal, put in some of those apple wood chunks, put more charcoal on top of it. Use the loof lighter, get it really well lit. Um, put that in so it's like running maybe a little hot, even maybe a little hotter than you normally would. Yeah. Hang hang the fucking pork butts. I've been using this um, rub, this really amazing rub that um, Chris Flora actually turned me on to. What? Called, it's called Meat Church, and it has real granules of honey in the rub. Really? So you rub this all over the, the pork shoulder, you get like a really good honey kind of flavor. Out of oh, it in the end. Chris Flora knows how to eat. And if he if that fucker's yeah. listening, what's up, man? And I will <laughs> and I will get that fucking rub. I was thinking of I was thinking of Chris yeah. Flora the other day. Um Meat Church. Meat Church. Is I just the name. okay, all right, because rubs I'm in trouble with. I just got my shipment of Suckle Buster yesterday. Okay. Well that that'll I mean, suckle busters is some good stuff too. That's what Peter used on the ribs. He did. I brought in the I brought in the suckle busters, and he used that. Yeah. I texted with him. The, I was breaking balls. I was saying I got to do. I got to get my own. I think I was. I was going to do the rub and tug. That's going to what I'm going to call. I'm going to call my rubs. <laughs> yeah. Just a, f- a fucking twelve year old humor constantly. Yeah. Yeah. The rub, right. rub and tug. That's funny. The, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it would be popular. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately. So yeah. So I, it turned out so well that I just followed the exact same. So Helen, I was traveling all week. I came out, saw you guys. It was that same trip where I had gone from Cleveland straight oh, to God, LA yeah. without, without even leaving the airport. Um, came out. I came home, and Helen really wanted – she loves this huevos rancheros dish that I make where you put down – Chips. The pulled pork that you do. Pulled pork. You've told me about this and you put an egg on it. Eggs and then fresh avocado. Dude. And you know, mix it all mix it all together. And she so she wanted that. So I went I went and got a higher quality pork shoulder than you'd get like when you're feeding an army and you go to Costco and you get fifteen pounds. So I got a nicer, like three and a half pound. Followed the exact same formula though. Charcoal. Put the apple wood chunks around, more charcoal on top. Turned out amazing. As again. if you were cooking, thir- as if you were cooking fifteen pounds. Yes, but this time, this time because it was a smaller shoulder, um, I I got it to like two oh seven. I would say internal temp, and the thing just fell apart. At how long and did that take? Uh, for three and a half, uh, three and a half pounder, not that long. Like I mean. Depends on what your definition of long is. Yeah, well, like for, four hours. Yeah, four or five hours, maybe. Okay, four and, and a half, probably. And, and when you did the fifteen pounds for the whole for everybody, how long did that shit take? I started that at four o'clock, and I took it off at eleven thirty and pulled it. What's that? Six hours? Five hours? Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, seven and a half. Wait, no, it's not four, one, two. The fucking seven. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, shit, man. I'm just not leaving that shit on long enough, and I just yeah, I gotta get off my ass. So you were at Are the you office. At, you were at the you were at the office at four a.m. No, no, no. Um, four p.m. I came home. I did it the night before for the office. Of course, because and then I, it's I, I put it a in pork trays. shoulder. What difference does it make? Yep. It's actually yeah, exactly. better. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. we reheated. I sauced it and we reheated it in the oven. That's with the the one that I did. Of course, we pulled it and we ate it right then. And I didn't put any sauce on it. We just ate it with the rub or whatever, you know. Okay, all right. All but right, we right. ate it on like proper white buns at the office, you know. With oh yeah, Hawaiian so, oh, kings. Um, that that would have been my choice, but I wasn't the one buying the buns. So oh, motherfuckers. So talk to Jill about that. I will. I will. And she fucking knows better. She loves Kings. Um, yeah. All right. Here's here's what's been happening here lately. I've got 
the the pit barrel here's the thing when i have when i have people over um the thing that i that i kill kill on the pit barrel with is chicken i fucking slay sucker mcs with a, with a fucking full with a whole chicken on the pit barrel it's unbelievable i got this lemon pepper thing that i do i i grind up like a fuck ton like i'm telling you i use like <laughs> I'm telling you, like of the, the those bullshit grinders, you grind it yourself. Things I dump one yeah. of those onto a mortar and pestle, and I and I do almost a full container. Um, a full container will do two chickens. When you know most white yeah. people, that's like they'll put like oh, yeah, that'll do. last them for fucking like yeah, three turns. No, or whatever, no, yeah. yeah, no, half half. You gotta go at it. Half a container for a chicken. Yeah, like basically twenty times. What the recommended amount is. Okay. Um, and so I slay with uh, chicken on that bitch. And what I've brought into the fold is, I can't wait to fucking get you out here for it, is I got this big, um, I don't think you've seen it. It's off to the side yard, and I got like a couch over there. I got a setup over there that I've never really used, but there's um, this great brick like stone built fire pit and it sits right underneath a an avocado tree and the tree's pretty close to the fire pit and, I, and the whole every time i looked at it and people were like why are you grilling on that i'm like well look at the fucking tree dude it's 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 fucking two feet from the pit like i'm not burning it i'm not dealing with that right. shit it's california it's like we almost just burnt the fucking Getty Center down. I'm, I'm not gonna. I just, yeah. I just got here. I don't want to get thrown out. So, um, I, I broke. The, it, it was the cable guy. The cable guy came over and he, you know, he was doing whatever, waiting for the box to reset. And he comes outside. And he's like, "Dude, are you?" He's like, "Why aren't you using that fucking thing?" And I was like, "Well, look at the tree." And I give him the same thing, and he's like, "Dude, fuck that." He's like, "Are you kidding me? You know how much it costs to make one of those?" He's like, "My brother-in-law just paid fucking blah 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 to make one of those things, and you got one in your backyard and you not used it." I was like, "Oh shit! All right, fuck it." So I went out and I went all the way deep and bought everything. I got the I got a big grate to go over the top of it. It's big. It's thirty by thirty inches and. It's like nine inches deep, so I got a grate and some bricks that go underneath it to lift everything up. And then I got a grate that goes over the top for grilling, and I got I'm, you know, I'm in LA. I'm, you know, not to brag, but I got everything. Yeah. I have everything I fucking want within, you know, however within fucking depending on traffic within within ten to <laughs> an hour and ten minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know there's tons there's just fuckloads of pizzerias and and uh barbecue joints and everything that need f- firewood so i've got my you know i got i got yeah. four different places i can get it from so i got walnut i got fucking almond i got apple i got f- fucking eucalyptus i got oak i got all kinds of different wood out here eucalyptus is terrible nice. of course and then I got mesquite, and I got all kinds of shit. So I'm rocking a Santa Maria-style grill out here. Uh, Santa Maria-style, for anyone that doesn't know, is a particularly Southern California style of grilling where you have a hot fire, and then you have a grill grate that you raise and lower, you know, in varying heights from, from your fire to achieve the right heat. So, um, I, it operates either like a Santa Maria grill, depending on how much shit I got going on, or I just roll like a regular fucking Coleman. Like I'll just fire up one chimney of, Mm. of mesquite, dump it in there, grow. That's what I did tonight. And it was the same fucking time as it takes to heat up a gas grill. I just put the shit in the chimney, lit it, dumped it, put the grill down. I grilled burgers I'm telling you, that shit was fucking 20 times better than on the gas grill. I know. Gas grills are bullshit. I'm saying it right now. They're I have a, ex- bullshit. I spent a bunch of money on a nice Weber gas grill. I fucking hate that thing. It's a pain in the balls to clean. 
It just ends up being like a greasy fucking fire trap. You have flare ups all the time. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. You can I'm roast over shit in gas it, kind grills. Of. Yeah, I mean, mine has a rotisserie. I've done rotisserie chickens. I've done all sorts of shit. I mean, you know me and fucking grills. I will throw down. Some oh cash yeah, on a, I've on a never grill. seen anybody. And I yeah. I'm not not into these gas grills. I think I'm. I think I might be done with gas grills, dude. I would have called, and I think I have called bullshit on that a number of times because of my argument has always been, well, all it is is another fucking kitchen outside. You just turn on the burner and yeah. have at it. And I will say this, you can, there are certain things it's good for. If you have to cook, for instance, your daughters are having 40 fucking kids over for a a a festival and you need hot dogs until they're coming out your fucking ears but just get just get a ranch a one of those rancher fucking weber charcoal grills yeah it's true it's true I, i'm and just that, saying that i don't want to made I, I don't for wanna, catering i don't no. want to shit on it no. anybody that's doing a grill like i don't want i don't want to I mean, shit on it if, but if if you don't want to if you want to just be amateur hour, cook something that doesn't have any fucking taste to it. It's just cooked on a grill and it's got some grill marks on it. Then fucking keep keep messing with your gas grill all day yeah, long. He's fucking right. He's right. I'm not going to lie. The only thing, the, the thing that it, it will do is it it's will. Convenient. Keep, it's convenient. It's convenient. The only reason it's people convenient. have it is because it's more convenient. But yep. The thing is, my, what my problem with it is, it's also only convenient for a short window of time. Because Shit, very sorry. quickly, what are you talking about? Very quickly, if you don't, if you're not going out of your way to just like clean the shit out of that thing and empty out all the grease and all the fucking stuff, oh. it's it's. I mean, it has flare ups from day one. It, the thing just becomes a flare up machine, and all your stuff is burnt. It's not cooked properly. You can't fucking. You have no temperature control on the thing anymore. It's just. It sucks. Well, I mean, I'll tell you. Get a get a pellet grill. Here, a pellet here's the grill thing. is going to be way better. I will tell you this: if you're looking for like an exact sort of like science, like the way I'm rolling over here is not the way to go because it's a this is a very hands on fucking situation because I know. like you got to but it probably makes amazing food though. It's killer. It's killer. I just made a fucking tri tip that I would. Fucking, I would elbow a fucking 90-year-old in the face <laughs> to fucking get away, to get in front of him to eat this fucking tri-tip. It was so good. It was so goddamn good. I just made fucking hamburgers and hot dogs for these two fucking heathens who don't know shit from Shinola. And even they were like, this burger's fucking amazing. I'm like, yeah, I know. And you have no idea how much better it is than... Right. And they don't give a rat's ass that I've been driving around trying to get fucking hardwoods to grill their burgers on. <laughs> these people, like I said, it's pearls before swine with these motherfuckers. But at least they appreciate the good burger. That, what do I care? That's that's one of, one of the things that I appreciate when you see the first season of Chef's Table or whatever, these guys that set up these fucking metal tripods and they just Dude, hang meat yes. over open charcoal and shit. Grilling is... A primal thing. It can actually be simpler, and it can produce the most amazing results. All you need is something to hang something over, like charcoal. Charcoal is like charred wood. Yes. Just make yourself fire up some charred wood. Get it. Get some wood going to the point where it's not an open, super high flame like you're at a fucking drum circle. <laughs> get that or a kegger. You get that stuff down into like you shovel those like hot coals, that hot wood that's had a while to burn for a while, into whatever sort of contraption. The guy who makes the best matter. whole hog at Scott's Barbecue in North Carolina guy that makes the whole hog made his fucking pit out of a uh, highway signs. Right. You know. Yeah. You don't need matter. to spend like no. seven thousand dollars on like a competition no, barbecue no, pit. No. You can have a fire pit in your backyard. 
get a couple fucking rebar metal rods or whatever, make a tripod with a string and hang a fucking chicken from it and cook over an open flame and that'll be the best chicken you've ever had. It's fucking unbelievable. It's so good. You have to be like... You can't close the roof on it, obviously, and get the temperature up to 500 degrees around it. So it takes a lot longer, you know, yep. but you're building up the crust and you're pulling it off the off the heat and it gets hot as fucking balls. And I use like well, the mesquite that's with why, wood. That's why people put, put the coals down and bury it, too, because then when you bury the stuff, it yeah. does get all enclosed in there and you just go... Go about your day, go surf or do whatever, go play with your kids and hang with your family, come back, dig that shit up, and you're golden. Oh, shit, man. You got your sweet potatoes and your chicken and all your fucking different vegetables and shit. Wrap that stuff up in banana leaves or whatever to stick it down in there. The only thing I've ever done that way is a clam bake. Right. At home. You haven't done a whole, a whole hog that way where you bury the... The only... No, I haven't. I've done la cajachina for a... Yeah, for a, which is kind of the for same a pig. thing. It's, it's yeah. kind of the same thing, except you get that thing in the middle of the you know street in San Francisco, and you're just standing around it smoking cigarettes, staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... <laughs> How how long I, I've always wanted to do a cajachina actually. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is like a box that sort of recreates a kind of bearing of a pig or something like that. It's Spanish um, for the Chinese box. Yeah. It's a Cuban um, thing. Yeah. It was a Cuban thing that the Cubans picked up from the Chinese and yeah. um it was a cooking method that they sort of picked up from the Chinese and sort of made their own. Just why it's called the Cajachina. Um and uh, supposedly, I've always wanted to do a pig in one of these things. So, how long does it actually take to do a how pig? How have you in one never done this? How, how do you not have one? You got to get one at the office. They're like fucking, they're like $100. Yeah. And Petrullo, Petrullo knows too. And maybe, you know what? I think I'll, I'm, maybe I'll send one. Um, the Lacajachina. So, here's the deal it's a, imagine an old. I don't know how to explain this. Like an old school wheelbarrow that has, um, or just a cart. So here's a cart that is five feet by three feet with two wheels on one end and a handle and legs on the other end. And it's a wooden box that's lined with sheet metal. And then on top of it is a tray that seals tight and... The tray holds charcoal, so that you pu- you you pull the tray off, you throw your pig in the box in the sheet, you know the sheet metal box. Yep. Throw that bitch in there, and obviously it needs to be at room temperature, and it all depends on the size of the pig. I can't tell you if you're asking me how long. I don't fucking know. I think it's like, you know, I think it's like six, seven hours. You know, eight hours maybe. That's it. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's quick. Um, but the, here's the crazy thing about this contraption is that the tray that, that seals the top of it is where the heat comes from. So the heat comes from the top, hmm. which makes no sense, right? Cause heat rises and you, and the first time we did it, I was like, this is fucked. Like we're going to end up with like, with like soggy pigskin soup and I'm never going to fucking eat this thing. So we did it and. Just kept loading it up with charcoal and fly, you know, flying by the seat of our pants, really. You read the book and you're like, all right, fuck that, you know. It, sure, you do it and then something goes wrong and then and then there's like five or six guys standing around and you're like, it needs this, it needs that, well, fuck you, and you had this and that. And it, it, we wound up like, it, it, I'll be honest, it made a great, it made a great pig. Um, you have to, you have to prep your pig ahead of time, Um we were doing a, we did a kind of like a weird kind of like, we were doing a Thai thing. So we did like, hmm. there was a lot of, there was fish sauce and, um, and soy and onion. There was a, 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 a pretty heavy marinade that happened on hmm. this pig, um, yeah. which was killer. I mean, I, anything with those, that flavor profile is going to, yeah. is going to win for me. So, um, it was killer. I mean, we sat at the top of Petro Hill just ripping off 
pieces of pigskin till the fucking wee hours. And it yeah. was, oh man, it was fucking great, man. And I, I'll be perfectly honest with you, like we did it another three or four times with it, and I, I don't really remember. I was loaded. Like we would do, like, but the thing, the thing's legit because it lets you get, um, you got to fuck with the pig, like you got to flip the pig, and because if you just let it sit in that sealed box. Obviously, the bottom is going to be soggy and the top is going to be crispy because right. that's where the heat is. So you got to be kind of flipping it, but it tells you not to open it. And you got to be fucking with the temperature and this and that. Um, but it so does not, keep it it's, moist. It's not convection. So it doesn't cook evenly around. You do have to flip it. Incorrect. No, it is convection and it does cook okay. it evenly. But the crispiness... Because you have uh, all those juices that are settling down, you have you have yeah. you know you got yeah, an yeah. inch of right of juice down there, you know. Right. This is like yep. this is this is like cooking it's like a, coffee. A, a, yeah. It's, well, no, unfortunately, because there's it's mostly water. You know. Uh, if only it were all fat, and you would want that fat to be really hot. It's like yeah. it's like cooking a, a ninety pound midget. You know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta make sure you. Yeah, spank it every once in a while. You gotta fucking rotate that bitch <laughs> around. Yeah, spank it and fucking roll it around and yeah, yeah. get after it. But La Caja China is, is a legit thing. Um, it's not a set it and forget it though. Uh, a clam bake, on the other hand, is a clam bake for anybody that doesn't know is basically a it's a New England luau. You know, it's the right. same method as a luau, um, except you use seaweed instead of banana leaves and you use clam and lobsters instead of whatever the fuck you use over there. I don't know what they use. They use garbage yeah. and fucking and meth. I don't know what they use in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, like when you describe the kahachina thing, I think that's how when you bury stuff in the ground, like vegetables and meat and whatever as well, you, you layer the coals over the top, I think. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but the, the heat comes from the bottom, though, because you've started a fire at at fucking stupid o'clock in the morning and you've got the rocks in the fire big ass fucking rocks rocks, and those go into the hole and then you're yep and then the seaweed other stuff is uh, yeah and And then you you layer with whatever and then you layer the coals on top we use we use burlap you know yeah um we like i've done it i haven't done it in 20 years i don't you know but I should break that out. People, people yeah, like that. Yeah, now's out the time. Nobody's doing that Hell shit yeah. out here. And I don't own this house. Fuck it. I'll di- I'll dig a fucking five foot hole in the backyard. Right. And I'll do a goddamn clam bake. Maybe I need to start doing clam bakes out of this bitch. Put a sign out front. That'd be tight. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be super tight. Um, all right, so we're an hour in. What? Yeah. Uh, pretty much. I'm trying to think if I have anything. Um, oh, all right. I got a few, couple couple half dimensions. Um, uh, Shaolin Soul. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like I'm talking about this constantly. And anyone who's listening that's heard me talk about it, please forgive me. Um I've never, I've never um, pushed forced exposure on on good looking out, and and I have to say that that's a miss on my part. Um, forced exposure is one of the greatest online sources for music for purchasing music that I know of. It's fucking mm. amazing. Um, and they're out of my backyard in Arlington. I, b- I believe they're in Arlington. Mass or there's somewhere in the in the in the armpit out there, um, and they have um, sign up for their weekly newsletter, and they'll give you a list of new releases for the week, and it is probably eighty deep. It's deep, and wow, and you can scroll. You can be like, okay, here's the electronic section. If you're into it or not, like if you feel like reading about it or not, you just fucking scrub right through it and you get down to it because they have on their left – the way that they formulate their email, I've – 
you know, we've all we all get email blasts from everybody, and I've written my fair share of them. And but this one's done really well, and it says file under electronic, file under rock, file under pop, mm. file under world. And um, if you feel like reading about electronic, they they have it's really well written, it's really well curated. Um, they're shipping and receiving, and their whole thing. Um, I've gotten to know the people there just through emailing back and forth, and I'm like, oh, can you give me a f- heads up when this shit comes back into stock? And they're like, absolutely, I'll email you the minute it comes in. And then three days later, they're like, look, we just got six copies of it, and I'll fucking put one aside if you want. And, like, they're super good people. Tim nice. uh, at Forced Exposure, I don't know where he works. I think he may work in just fulfillment or something, but he's been my man and he uh, he's hooked me up a bunch of times, and I've spent, um, you know, God forbid, let's not even talk about that. But um, I, I buy a lot of records from Forced Exposure, and the best ones I've bought recently are the Shaolin Soul series, which is a compilation of tracks that have been used um, by Wu-Tang Clan, and uh, most, and particularly the early ones um, that RZA produced. There's episode one, episode two, and episode three of Shaolin Soul. And this shit, I am fucking telling you, the soul game around this motherfucker lately, like, but my wife, God, I love my wife. And she'll just fucking, she'll just hear it. She'll be busy as fuck doing something in the working, doing whatever the fuck. And she'll hear that shit and she'll just come fucking dancing down. You cannot stand still when you hear this shit. It's so fucking good. Really fucking good. Um, so go out, go to Forced Exposure, buy the Shaolin Soul compilations. They come, they're two LPs. It includes a CD as well and a download card, and they're twenty bucks. Wow. They're twenty bucks a throw for two fucking LPs. Like you are not, and this shit will never get licensed. It will never get compiled. It will never. This will never. You buy them now because in two three years, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they're sixty eighty bucks a throw, and you can get them for right. a double double saw buck right now. So, go pick those up. Um, the other thing is if anybody's a member of Vinyl Me, please, which is a pretty popular vinyl subscription service. I've belonged to it since it started. I was one of the first subscribers, which was four or five years ago. Um, and I belong the whole time and it wavers in, um, for me, you know, in, in quality, um, in terms of picks, but, um, they're increasing their offerings, and just recently they've added a title that has been extremely hard to find, and it's a soul. Um, it it's a, it, it's just a um, it's a perfect soul record that a lot of people don't know about. It's called it's Daryl Banks. He has one record. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't even know the name of the record, but it's Daryl Banks. Um, and the only place it exists is on vinyl me, please. And you can just join and you don't have to, I think you can just join and sign up for their newsletter and buy that record and bail. Um, but I will tell you right now that if you're not getting laid, this thing will get you laid. If you are getting laid, this will (laughs) fucking improve everything. And it will just make everything. Your kids will fucking love it. Like this is, this is music that, that just transcends everything. It's soul. It's mm. the it's soul. Daryl like, Banks. Daryl Banks. Okay. It's unbelievable. Um. So the soul game is fucking tight around here lately, and it's nice. loud. Yeah. I wonder. You know the neighbors. They're used to it by now. But um, those are my picks lately. Um, lots of soul for rock and roll. I don't have. Shit, man! I haven't bought a rock and roll record in in weeks. The only other pick I have is the um, is the Brian Eno. Um, what's his fuck from My Bloody Valentine? 
Uh, oh, Kevin Shields. Yeah, the the Brian Eno Kevin Shields um, twelve yep. inch, which, um, <laughs> so I, I I have to say I have to be honest. Um, that thing was a, I think it was a record store day release, and it was no you know I I paid real money for it. Um, it's a twelve inch, and I think I paid twenty or twenty five dollars for it. Um, uh-huh. And everyone loves it except me. I don't. I I do not love it. And I love Brian wow. Eno. And I love. I love my bloody Valentine. In fact, I just bought tickets for my bloody Valentine here, which I can't wait for. If anybody's never seen them, that's a that's on your fucking list. You have to see them. Um, but yeah, um, uh, not so much. On the on the Brian yeah. Eno Danny Shields um, release, yeah, which you know everybody and and I'm hoping I'm wrong and I and I would love to be convinced otherwise. Please, somebody tell me that I'm a retard. I I mean in that I'm fucking missing it, but yeah, not so much that thing. Got it. All right, well let's wrap it up for this week. Um, yeah, let's thank wrap you it everyone up. for tuning in. Sorry for the once again the hiatus in between episodes we'll try to do them more regularly i know i say have said that before and we keep falling down on the job but we're going to try to do them as often as we possibly can so please bear with us yes sorry thanks as always to uh thanks as always to kaya fisher for the audio engineering assistance and uh thanks to all the loyal listeners for sticking with us we appreciate it and we'll keep coming at you with solid picks and interesting conversation thanks everyone all right see you bitch